Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, it brings us to the importance of the Word of God. Obedience to the Word of God is a continuous theme in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God gave His Word to be taught and then obeyed. No one has to guess what the Word says unless you don't know the commands of God. See, we don't live by speculation. We live by revelation. The Word of God. It's not a new idea to connect knowing God with obeying His commands. The prophet Jeremiah delivered the same message approximately 600 years before John wrote this letter. Some people distort the truth by claiming that obedience to God enslaves us. But first John tells us that God's love for us is made complete in us through our obedience, in living according to the boundaries God has set for us. This brings life and goodness into our lives. Our love for God is demonstrated in our obedience. Jesus invites us to live as He lived, do what He did, and love as He loved. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, with our continuing study entitled, Obedience Proves We Know God. In our medical world, there's some amazing things that begun to happen. You know, in the old days, you'd have to, you'd have to go into the doctors to get tested. Look at all the home tests that are available for you. You don't have to go anywhere. Just go to the pharmacy, get your home test. Let me read some to you. You can test at home for HIV, blood sugar, cholesterol, marijuana, nicotine, alcohol, to see if you're pregnant thyroid, and even PSA, all in the home. Well, today, there's a home test, not for one of those. There's a home test to see the answer to these two very common questions people ask. How can I be sure I really know God? How do I know, without any doubt, that I'm really a Christian? The test I'm going to give you today is not to see if you're pregnant or not. This is a test that's way more important. It's a spiritual self-test, and John writes and gives us actually the answer. You'll see it in a moment. It's a spiritual self-test, so every single person can have assurance right today that when they die, they'll definitely go to heaven. So it's a test you're going to take this morning. I don't want you answering out loud. I don't want you to point into your neighbor and say, what's your answer? Can I write it down? Because I'm going to give you the answer. But here it is. Take a look. I want you to fill in the blank. We can be sure we are saved if we fill in the blank this morning. 
You fill in the blank this morning. Now, some of you may be writing, well, if we tithe, if we serve in a church, if we come to church regularly, if we prayed some kind of a salvation prayer, if we give to the poor, those are all great answers. But that isn't the answer to the spiritual test. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, we have the answer. John gives us the answer to the test. We know, John starts, and that's a very common saying that John uses all through the New Testament in his writing. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Here's the answer to the question, can I know if I'm really a Christian or not? See, I want you, the first thing you write down is this, our obedience proves we know God. That's what John says. Our obedience proves we know God. Now, as you're writing that, there should be a caution flag that goes up in your mind. We're we're not saved by obeying. If we were saved by obeying, our spiritual life would look like a roller coaster. No, we're saved by repenting and believing in Jesus Christ by faith and faith alone and God's grace offers us that gift of salvation. That's inward. But once we're saved, the external proof is what John's talking about. See, salvation is nothing more than a gift that comes on belief, faith, and grace alone. Good people don't go to heaven. That's not what John's talking about there. Only forgiven people go to heaven. So what does John mean as he writes that? Why in the world is he even doing that? Well, look at verse 4. Why would he have to share this truth? Here's why. Now, the man who says, I know him, I have a relationship with God, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, what does John mean by knowing him? Here it is. What John means is a Greek word. You don't need to worry about it. It's a personal, intimate relationship. The key is it comes from an experience. You don't know about God in your head. You can do that, but it's really in your heart. It's an experience. It's a relationship, a personal relationship you have with God, which can only be found through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, why was John writing this? Who is he speaking about in verse 4? Well, here's what the problem is. Many of John's opponents were spreading false doctrine. In in that day, they were called Gnostics. You don't need to worry about that. But they were saying this. Gnostics means knowledge. We have superior knowledge. We know all about God. We're better than you, actually. And because we know all about God, we don't have to obey God. That's why he's writing this. We can live a disobedient lifestyle. So they were promoting this in the small groups in church. And so pretty soon the people in the church are saying, is that that true? We we can have a relationship with God and just live like we want to live? We we don't really have to obey? Now, you, you might say today, Pastor Mark, that's stuff way back then. We don't have those kind of people today. Really? Yes, you do. Paul addressed it. Romans chapter 6. God's grace is wonderful. Okay, 
can we go out and sin like crazy to show how really wonderful God's grace is? What's Paul saying? No way. So Paul is writing against bad doctrine. And he's giving us the example of how this looks. So John says, can you really be saved and live a lifestyle of sinning? No. No, you cannot. Now, let me clarify one more thing. We've already learned from John that a real Christ follower doesn't obey perfectly. How many know that? If our obedience proved my salvation, we'd be in trouble. But we've learned that there are no Christians, there are no people that are sinless. But we have learned when we come to God and love God, we sin less. Exactly. Our goal is to allow God to love him so much that we want to obey his commandments. So that's why John is writing this. But a person that claims to be a real Christ follower and lives a lifestyle of disobedience, notice what John says. They're number one, they're lying to themselves. You guys in the balcony. And they're lying to others. They're confusing other people. But then John gives us the answer. Look at verse five. But if anyone obeys the word... God's love is truly made complete in him. What does he mean by his word? When John uses this, you'll see this. You don't need to write this down, just understand it. When you see these things in the scripture, commands, word, in the Bible, we're talking about the same thing. So John is simply saying, 1 John 14, 15, let me read it to you. Jesus says this, if you love me, you will obey what I command. John 14, 23, Jesus says this, if anybody loves me, he will obey my teaching. The Great Commission, go into all the world, Matthew 28, make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So John is just explaining what he's talking about, that there is a direct connection, watch me, there's a direct connection between loving God and our obedience. Look at it. But if anyone obeys his words, God's love is truly made complete in him. You see, love is more than feelings. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, give me a big hug. No, he didn't say that. It's okay. But he says, no, if you love me, what? Obey my commands. Love is a what? Tell me. It's a verb. It is a noun. We do have feelings for love, but love is action. Jesus said, if you love me, if you have a relationship with me, then prove it. Simply obey my commandments. By the way, that's not hard because God gives us the ability to obey. He changes our wonder, Philippians tells us, so that we can obey. Now, we call that around here sticky love. So here's what you want to write. This is what John's saying. This is what Jesus was saying. Obedience is action. You'll see in a moment, it's a choice. Sticky love, we call it. Sticky love here. Look what Peter says. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living, which was disobedience, to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. What's he saying? You know better 
now. No, you cannot say you have a real relationship with God if you continue a lifestyle, a pattern of sin. No, not at all. You didn't know it was wrong then, but now you know it's wrong. Don't even go there. Let me give you an illustration of how this works. Let's say you uh, are in Japan, and uh, you're going to uh, rent a car, and, and you're going to tour Japan on your own. And you get in the little rental car, get all the papers signed and everything, and you pull out of the airport, and as you're pulling out, maybe you're out in the reader or whatever, you're pulling out, and you come to the street, and the first corner, you see this. What would you do? Would you turn right or left? Could you go straight ahead? What's that person walking about? What's the bicycle? What would you do? I know what many of you would do. You'd get out of your car and you'd walk back to the rental agency and say, go pick up that car. I'm taking a cab everywhere I go. Amen? Could I hear amen right now? Because we're totally lost. We don't have any clue what to do. Those are all commands from the government. How to drive. How to obey those laws. But we don't know any of them. I want you to write this down. When it comes to spiritual, here's the truth. We cannot obey God's word unless we know God's word. See, the command is to obey the word of God. Well, if I don't know the commands, if they're in Japanese, I can't obey them. So where does that bring us to? Well, it brings us to the importance of the word of God. Obedience to the Word of God is a continuous theme in the Old Testament and the New Testament. God gave His Word to be taught and then obeyed. No one has to guess what the Word says unless you don't know the commands of God. See, we don't live by speculation. We live by revelation, the Word of God. That's why God gave us prophets in the Old Testament, teachers and pastors, small group leaders, parents in the New Testament to teach his command, his word to the people. We cannot obey God's word unless we know God's word. Now, I'm going to step on some toes, so lift your foot up off the floor for a moment. All the campuses, come on, everybody just lift your right foot up, just lift it up. You may may want to hold it for about five minutes while I'm talking. If you come to this church, any of our campuses, you know, every weekend 10,000 people come, and you're not a visitor, you should bring this with you every single week you come. Now, don't look around and say, oh, you didn't know. Sometimes we all forget one. But I'm very serious about this. We cannot obey God's word unless we know the word. Well, how are you going to know the word if you never open the word? When you got your driver's license, you didn't say, oh, I don't need that driver's manual to learn. I'll just take the test off the top of my head. Good luck. You're still walking. (laughs) But when it comes to scriptural things, we don't seem to correlate it. Now, if you don't have a Bible, take the one we gave you this morning. Just take it home with you. It's perfect. But guys, you have to be in the word of God. Fathers, husbands, 
you're supposed to be the role model. Well, my wife's got the Bible. So, what's in your hand? I don't need, yes, you do. See, when I teach, you need to open the word and see if I'm teaching correctly. My wife does. <laughs> she comes Saturday nights and she's always got it open. When I go home, <laughs> that's why I teach different things on Sunday morning, both services. Because she's not here. Don't you tell her. No, I'm just kidding you. I'm very serious. How in the world will you ever learn to obey his commands if you don't bring a Bible? You don't know where to turn. It doesn't make any sense. You ought to be able to see it. In con- That's why we do a, bo- a book usually verse by verse. So you can see the context. Now, as you begin to think about that, let's turn to Acts chapter 11. We don't mind if you're new in the Bible because here's our cheat sheet. We don't want people going, where's Acts? Is there an axe in the Bible? Is there a fork? Is there a knife? What? We show you where to turn because we don't want to embarrass everybody. We all started with no knowledge. Now, look at verse chapter 11, verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul, which would have been Paul, they met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Here we see that every church is not only to be a church, as we talked about at the beginning, that experiences the presence of God through worship, but every church is to be a teaching church. It's one of the reasons you're here, is to be taught in all of our campuses the Word of God. And then we teach it to obey the Word. Take a look. How many of you know where you find this make it stick? How many know where you find it? Good. The rest of you, let me tell you where. Every week on Monday afternoon on our website, the head calvaryccm.com, click on make it stick and there will be for you eight application questions to what I'm teaching this weekend or whoever's here teaching. Every week. These are our community groups. That's what we do in the community groups. These are for you to take the principles that I've taught this weekend from God's word and learn to make it stick. You need to go there. You need to be there. You need to learn to make it stick. Remember, unapplied paint is useless. The value of paint is in the application. Just hearing me speak some points is useless unless you can learn to apply it. So this is exactly what Paul and Barnabas did with these new believers. What would they have taught them? Well, pretty much all the things we do. The life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus about knowing the Word of God so they could obey the Word of God. Uh, they taught them, no doubt, probably I'm somewhere in there, Paul would say, God's for you. He's not against you. They taught them that if you follow God's word, it it would show you how to live. And for sure, they taught about spiritual warfare and the power of the Holy Spirit, the reality of heaven and hell, and what we mentioned to you a moment ago. Paul was into this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Lost people simply matter to God. You see, the Bible is living. It's eternal. 
It's true. It's powerful. And it has application for our life. Let me read to you. Psalm 119. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. We have a lot of people today that say, the church needs to be updated to match the world. No, that's wrong. We update methods. Paul didn't have a band. He didn't have PowerPoints. But we never touched the message of the Bible. It was true then. It stands firm in the heavens. It's true today. You'll see all kinds of things in government with playing around with that. You even saw something this week with an individual in a very powerful position change his position because of a family member and some stuff. Some of you that know about it know what happened. You, you, can't, you can love and you want to love, but you don't change the position of the Bible because of some circumstance. The Bible remains firm. Also, the law of the Lord is perfect. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet, shows me my next step, and a light to my path, where to go. That's why we teach the word of God. Now, one day, Paul wrote this to a church at Thessalonica. I want you to see it. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, as Paul taught the word, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. No, you accepted it You accepted what we said as the very word of God. Hello, which of course it is. Understand. And then he says this, and this word continues to work in you as you believe. See, the word is living. It is that which is going to transform us into being more like Jesus. That's that sanctification phase. Justification is always by grace. Now we're, we're learning. We'll never get there, but we're learning to be like Jesus. Part of that is that we, we learn to, to sin less. So here's what I want you to write this morning. Every, next, next principle, very true. Every single Christ follower, everyone, all of our campuses, needs to be in the Word and have the Word living in them. So you need to be in the Word and have the Word living in you. It's not just something we learn on Sunday. There's nothing that can take the place of your private reading, your journaling, and your meditating on the Word of God. Nothing can take place of that private time with God. Now, we've been watching the History Channel. One of the commercials you'll see in the History Channel is something called version. Y-O-U version. If you have a smartphone or a tablet or a computer... You ought to sign up. It's all free. And there's all kinds of uh, devotionals you can get on it, version, And lots of translations, hundreds of translations of the Bible. And so I use this as one uh, of a, a devotion that I use. And I do it every day. I actually have three of them that I'm following. There's all kinds of people and plans and a million ways. And it's really, really good. We learn that God's Word is very important to our love and our obedience in our relationship with Him. Pastor Mark told us that obedience is action and love is a verb. That means that it's something we must do to show others that we have a real relationship with God. Part of this obedience is reading God's Word. That's how we learn who God is and how He wants us to live our lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 6105. And the title of this message is Obedience Proves We Know God. Again, today's message number for ordering purposes is 6105. And the title of this message is Obedience Proves We Know God. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue in our series, Know That You Know. Pastor Mark will show us that obedience is a choice that God gives to each of us. Romans tells us that we are a slave to whatever we choose to obey. What are you giving your heart to? Why do you obey God? He wants us to obey because of His love for us and our love for Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time. As Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for this.